Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 6, Episode 3, titled Screen Queens. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one complaining co-host. <laughs> From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say, your mother darn socks in hell, to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joe. How are How you? How do you know? It has been forever since we have talked. I know. It's been so long. We have it's, so it's much been, to catch up on. It's, it's been... So, <laughs> we, once a week, we call one another and we catch up. I'm going to tell you something. I have not heard from my co-host. He's been MIA, and he's the kind of person that would be mad at you and not tell you, and like, you know, like passive-aggressively, like, oh, you don't know? You know? Uh-huh. So I, I, need a, I need to look into that. I got to find out what's going on with that trauma and what's going on with him. So Drama or trauma? Probably both. Drama, okay. and then if he ever comes down to Southern California to kill me, then it'll be actual trauma. Actual trauma. Okay. Yeah. What's going on with you? Nothing much. <laughs> what, is, what is your daily life like? Oh, God. Okay. Um, well, I get up in the morning. So, and as we all do. As we all do. Well, not everybody. Not everybody. Every day is a gift. Not Jerry um, Lewis. Not Jerry Lewis and... That's totally uh, dating this show. Everyone, when you hear that Jerry Lewis just passed away. Yeah. Uh, go to work, see some clients. Occasionally, I have to go to a meeting or run a support group, finish up my day, come home, talk to my husband, sit down to eat dinner. Immediately as I take the first bite of food, Joe Batanz calls me. Mm-hmm. So then I ignore Joe's phone call, yeah. only to get passive aggressive Snapchats from Joe Batanz. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Then uh, finish dinner while watching TV, then call Joe Batanz. And then Joe Batanz is passive aggressive on the phone. Yes. Yes. Where he, he gives me grief for not immediately returning the phone call. True. And then I tend to do absolutely nothing of worth. I either um, playing video games on my iPad or yeah. I look at random websites online until I get tired or... Then decide at the last minute before I go to bed, hey, you know what's a good idea? Reading the news app on my iPad and reading about all the stuff happening with our with our federal government, and then I don't sleep. Oh, it, it makes you mad? Yeah, well, it brings up my anxiety. Oh, um, reading about the news, especially bad news, I'm like, uh, you know, because my reaction to that kind of stuff is to go, I'm going to go to sleep, and when I wake up, uh, Trump will have died of a heart attack. <laughs> and, I just, and I just go to bed. Let me ask you so a that's question. So that, that's that Marianne Williamson. You just put it mm-hmm. out there into the universe. And- yeah. All minds are joined. And so hopefully my mind joins with him and uh, convinces his heart to stop. Now, let me ask you this question. What, in your imagination, what do I do all day? Because I think you're starting to take on this whole, like, uh, yeah, that's what I'm curious. What do you think Joe does all day? I think you go to meetings. You go to random meetings uh-huh. with various people. Yes. To discuss projects. They sound like a child discussing what his father does. <laughs> uh-huh. And some of them are successful mm-hmm. and some of them are not. And then you, but you have to drive all over Los Angeles to go to all these meetings. So you spend a lot of time in the car. And that is when you catch up with friends as far as you talk to Sweet Michael, you talk to John Paul, you talk yeah. to Adam Vaught. Yeah, You know, all of the people that I wouldn't know their names had I not listened to Catching Up for the last couple of years, even though he accused me of not listening to it. Yeah. Well, you just listened to like six months later. Now, <laughs> let me ask you that. But you're right. You're, you're close. You know, the, the thing is the people that, you know, when we do these private shows, people are always asking us, what does Joe do? You know, it's always a big thing. And it, it, cause the, I, the answer isn't very simple. 
The answer is complicated. Like Joe has like three different projects going at the same time. And so one, Joe is forming a nonprofit, you know, and so he's talked to lawyers and stuff like that. That's boring. You know, mm-hmm. but then Joe does more interesting things. So, like Joe had a meeting. You're right. Joe had a meeting yesterday. But, but you know what? I've been very lucky in that all my meetings have been over the phone recently. So I like yesterday. I'm going to tell you something. I looked horrible, Taylor. I don't know why I had this feeling like I should take a shower before the meeting. You know, well, if you, everyone should take a shower every day, right? <laughs> Let's just get down yes, that is that is good advice. Yeah. Good sage advice from yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. recap. But I'm just saying, like, it, with me because I, I work out of the house, I'll take a shower whenever. I don't I don't take it first thing in the morning. You know, well, I've had days like that where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's three thirty and I'm getting kind of swampy. I should probably jump in the shower yeah. at some point. That's every day for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this meeting was going to happen like midday. So I was like. Should I shower before the meeting or shower after the meeting? And and in theory, I wanted to shower before the meeting, but I landed up showering after the meeting. And I looked horrible. I hadn't shaven. I haven't shaved in like a week. Now, by the way, my hair grows in very slowly, my facial hair. So like a week's growth is probably like three days for you. So, but I looked horrible and my hair was all over the place but i had this meeting and of course they can't tell over the phone what i you know what i what i was wearing and what i looked like and how what a mess i was but i had this meeting and that was a successful meeting and then i um and then you know i was actually thinking how silly my life is because you know one of the meetings was about a project a documentary that i might be work you know producing and it's it's a very silly topic i don't want to get into it but i find myself reading about people on the circus and so a lot of it's like doing like homework that you do in school so like Mm -hmm. reading books about the circus. oh you know okay one of my projects is a horror film that i want to write okay so i'm right i'm reading a lot of old timey horror comic books i think you and i've talked about this personally we have so like it's it's weird to me to be sitting down and like spending hours reading uh 1950s horror comic books and thinking, I'm working right now. And that's sort of weird. I went through something similar years ago um, with where I did an annual bereavement camp with kids. And we always have a theme. And one year the theme was superheroes. And because I'm a big comic book guy, I had to do like where I had to present research to all of these counselors as to why we were going to have certain characters represent certain um certain cabins. So it was neat at one point to think I am like reading all these comic books and I get to do it. I'm, I'm getting paid to do it. This is, this is actually really cool. So mm-hmm. I can appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. So that's pretty much what my days are like, but, 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 you know, every, combine that with what Taylor said. And that is sort of what my day is like is, um, cause there are days that you are in work mode when you call me where you're very much of where I answer the phone and say hello, and you're like, hello, hello, hello. Okay, first order of business. And you go into this like list of things where I just sort of have to go, you know, yes, Mr. Batanz, no, Mr. Batanz. <laughs> well, right away, Mr. Batanz. And then you're like, all right, that's good. Talk to you later and hang up. A less confident person might read this as shade, but it's not. Is that I do, you know, for purposes of getting things done with this show, I have to treat this show as almost one of my projects and one of the businesses that I work on or adventures that I work on. So, you know, there's a lot of time that I have to working on RuPaul's Drag Race recap. So like, for instance, um, you know, a peek behind the curtain here is Taylor and I recording two episodes in a row. The reason I mention that is I had to do all the work for both of those shows, but I did it like Sunday, you -hmm. know, and I sat down and did it Sunday, so I get into like that mode. And then when I'm working on RuPaul's Drag Race, it, I'm working on RuPaul's Drag Race. And that's actually one of the things I like about what I do is there's not one thing that totally gets all my attention. Does that make sense? So like yeah. throughout the day, for two hours, I read comic books. For another two hours, I'm reading about the circus. For another two hours, I'm talking to lawyers and, and founding this nonprofit and trying to set up classes for poor kids. And so my day is spread out. And so, and then, you know, part of that is um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, for instance, tomorrow, 
um, I, I produce another podcast. It hasn't come out yet, and, and, and no one's going to listen to it from this show. It, it, it's it's for a friend of mine. She's coming out with a podcast, and I'm producing it for her. I'm going to tell you something. This podcast is so boring. <laughs> so I was anyway. So tomorrow I have to work on that with her. So I'll be with her working on this podcast that we're doing, or that I'm producing for her because she doesn't she doesn't even know how to turn on a microphone. You know. Oh. So I'm that that's basically what I'm doing. Let me tell you what this is a sad state she's in. I'm her Daniel Brewer. <laughs> you know. Oh, I just thought that out. <laughs> yeah. So uh so I'm working on that. That'll be part of my day tomorrow. So it, it it's one, it's always different, and two, not one thing occupies my whole day. Okay. So that's sort of what my day is like. And there's sometimes I'm jealous, you know, of people like you who I, I you know uh, I'm jealous of people who who show up and do the same thing every day. Like, and, and someone asked me this the other day, and it, you know what I would love to do if I could make money at it? What? Like, if I could just listen to podcasts and make, like, jam and pickles and jellies all day? Yeah. That, uh, honestly, okay, I will say this. While that obviously was not my job, when I was doing hospice care and I was out in the field, I mean, podcasts, that's how I got through many an afternoon driving between, you know, dying people where I would just sit and listen to some of our friends that we have listening to their shows and just laughing or just completely tuning out the world. And sometimes including the podcast that I was listening to. It was just white noise in the background. Well, what are you, let me ask you this question. What are your go-to, I'm stressed, I can't, like, Unfortunately, this guy is very regional, but there was a guy here in California named Huel Hauser. If you're a big Simpsons fan, uh, the people on The Simpsons were big fans of his, and then he had, he's a character on the show, and there's characters based on him on the show. But he was like a local guy. He was always happy and going to local Los Angeles locations. And, and You he, took a picture with him once. I took a picture with him once, and he's passed yes. away since. And he... You can watch that show, and there's nothing bad's ever going to happen on that show. It's never political. It never gets into arguments. No one's ever fighting. It's just about things that are not going to stress you out. Almost kind of like Bob Ross is kind of like that. You ever watch yeah. Bob Ross? So yes. what are your go-to sort of like happy places to go where you're like soothing your safe havens in terms of Do you mean media? as far as podcasts go? Or just, just in any kind of media. Um, comic books are definitely one place that I tend to go, especially old comic books that I had when I was a kid. I've down- redownloaded digital versions of them through the Comixology app. Um, I've re- I've purchased them and then looked at them that way. Golden Girls is another thing that I can always sit and watch an episode of Golden Girls or watch an episode of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. And both of those, there is a feeling of being little and watching those shows and just I, I I can like when I watch old Mary Tyler Moore's, which I was really little when when that was on, but I can almost when I watch it, I almost feel like I'm in my living room in New Jersey at like five years old, like watching it. Um, same with Golden Girls. I, I feel like I'm back at my house in Laurel Springs, New Jersey, that there's there's just something about those things that I like. And I'm also a huge music person. Oh, you are. That's right. On your other show, you're constantly bringing up, like, Taylor will bring up, you know, Kasha Gugu at the drop of a hat. And, and you're like, what? Who's, who's bringing up? Who's the one that's saying you're unbelievable? EMF? Yeah, he'll bring up EMF. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know who that is, right? But I don't even know. I, I'm going to tell you something about this EMF. Like, you know, like, you're unbelievable. Right? I can't even do his voice, oh! right? His voice is so hot. I don't even want to know what he looks like. I bet you he's disgusting. He you, he used to be really cute. I'm sure he looks horrible now, but he used to be. He was he was really really cute. Who's a twink that you think is cute? A current twink? No, it or could just, be a twink. Any twink? Um, I mean Zac Efron's not really a twink anymore, but mm-hmm. I I wouldn't mind looking at him, even though I think he probably smells like armpit. Um. Let's see. Who is a twink? Because I think in the more your category, this Carl Drogo from Game of Thrones, the one that's going to be Aquaman, I think he he's, is so hot. He's he is beautiful. But Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. There is something very beautiful about him. But I am not a fan of the long beards. Like, I like a beard, but I like a short, close beard. 
this whole like alpha beard thing that everybody's doing with the I, I, there's something about it that I just picture like flavor saver in my head like there's just food remnants and stuff like that so it is not not a big deal but Jay Courtney is somebody that I think he's not a twink but he's somebody that I find to be really attractive too um Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds is like my I would do I would let Ryan Reynolds do anything he wanted to to me this week, the groups finally meet face to face and immediately throw shade at each other. The girls every work- week, every week, <laughs> the girls work in mixed pairs to form one bikini body and then divide into teams to film a short horror screen test. Later on the main stage, the category is your best drag. During the judges' critiques, Darian Lake is named the winner of the challenge, while April and Vivacious are placed in the bottom two. Vivacious gave her second lip sync her all but in the end april was asked to stay and vivacious was asked to sashay away taylor name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you didn't i love the challenge the challenge is definitely one of my favorite challenges they've ever done um i i can't really think of a second thing that i didn't like no, that you uh, like, that I did like, that I did like. I mean, just the challenge kind of took up the whole, for the most part, the whole episode. I loved, <laughs> not to steal your thunder, but I loved the meeting, the initial meeting of the queens, um, that whole setup. I thought that was, I thought that was cool too. Something I didn't like, the Adore's team, Team Adore, just for the most part, was just it was so ill prepared on different levels that I, I was just not, not a fan or at least the way they, they sh- they made it look like they were because from the initial recordings to the, to the final show, they're obviously, we've talked about this before. They make it look like it's such a disaster. And with one particular, one particular uh, person, they all seem to, they all seem to bring it back out, but yeah, not, not a fan. Sorry. All right. What about you? Uh, I like the showdown. I love the showdown. I love the shade. I love. I just. It just. I remember when I watched it the first time when they came face to face and they're playing that like Western saloon. Uh, right. You're gonna go outside and you know like uh, tombstone style draw. You know. Yeah. Um, I just got like chills. You know. And mm-hmm. I, it still lives up. I still love that moment. I think it totally played up. Even if it's fake, I don't know if it's fake or not. It just works for me. I yeah. just love it. Um, I love the challenge as well. I think this is one of the best challenges I've ever seen on the show. Yeah, it's I. It was to me. Now maybe you know we, we Taylor and I have all we we've recently purchased all the seasons for RuPaul's Drag Race, and so maybe we'll see others. Uh, in this series that we remind us, but from what I can gather, this might be one of the best episodes in the whole series. You have said this on multiple platforms over the last couple of days that we've talked about this. And while I enjoy the episode, you said you have a lot to say about this episode. And I am curious as to what you're going to be sharing. Yeah. In a good way. I'm not saying that to be an asshole. I mean, I'm genuinely... Because I'm not sure what it is that you find to be so great about this particular episode. But I, I'm i along for the ride, and I want to hear what you have to say. All right. The one thing I didn't like, Trinity K. Bonet. I, I, I talked about this last week, but this Trinity K. Bonet, I just don't like her. She's super negative. She's the new Magnolia. Mm-hmm. Now that Magnolia is gone, she's the new negative Nancy. Okay. Anyway. After Magnolia's elimination, the two groups of queens come face-to-face for the very first time. Some of them get along, while others throw shade at each other. For Gia Gunn and Bianca Del Rio, there was no love loss. <laughs> My name is Miss Laganja Stronja, honey, darling. Laganja, y'all know tea. <laughs> come on, Nat! Laganja. Irritating. Young. Foolish. Well, you girls... Look good. There was a slight pause there. Uh, you girls no. look good. I didn't quite cough like a man, but you know, you guys look good. Don't jump the gun yet, Miss Kamora Lee Kardashian. She needs to come. My name is Gia Gunn. I don't jump guns. I am the boom boom gun. Oh, is that it? Is that it? You can handle it. But don't worry, some other bitches in here know how to throw it. Hey, okay. 
The next day, the sniping continued, but RuPaul came in to break it up and announced this week's mini-challenge. Now, I want you to pair up with a queen that was not in your original group. Now, for today's mini-challenge, each pair needs to combine bodies to create one lip-syncing, bikini-wearing, bathing beauty. Milk and Adore were named the winner of the mini-challenge, and now, let's go to Taylor to hear his thoughts on everything that transpired. Gia's gross. <laughs> That's the first thing, that that whole, I don't know, that, that, that whole, like, you know, I'm the boom-boom gun or whatever, that's... That that is a rehearsed line. Um, I love the. I forgot about the mini challenge of of with the legs and everything. A couple of them clearly had not tucked. Oh really? Oh yeah. No, the, the, a couple of them. There was. I I, I want to say it was a door and milk where milk was clearly packing with the bouncing up and down. I would strongly encourage anyone who has season six to go back and watch that mini challenge because a couple oh. of folks are. You know, I don't necessarily think that Adore and Milk should have won. I think that um, Darian and I forget yeah. who Darian was with. I mean, with the, with the, just the difference in size with the legs was that was the funniest one of all of them. I agree with you. I was thinking Darian should have won, and Rue was dying during that one, like mm-hmm. just it, like doubled over in laughter. And I was like, oh, they won. And then it was strangely Milk and Adore. But I yeah. think again with the producer shenanigans, they knew that would be a better sort of setup for what, what was going to happen. Uh, because I, th- I thought that they should have won as well. Uh, next, RuPaul gathered the girls to explain this week's main stage challenge. For this week's main challenge, you'll be screen testing for a new horror film franchise. Drag Race Meter Girl. <laughs> Working in teams of six, you'll serve scary movie realness in two sickening scenes one set in the 60s and one in the 80s hashtag scream queens on team milk darian is assigned to the simple role of a head in a box while trinity despite her protestations is given the part with the most lines later as the girls coach trinity's line reads trinity gets offended you could be slutty sally well, I'm the acting version, obviously, so uh, whatever you want, want to put me with. And if you girls know tips, swing them my way. Yeah. All right. Come on, Sandra Davis. Come on, Sandra Davis. Time to put pop your cherry. What if you did it like, let's get real, girl? Yeah. Like, shut I up, girl. Like, it's just me. You know what I mean? Oh, you want me to be black? Well, I think it'd be funnier. The black girl is playing ghetto. How original. During the screen test, Courtney and Bianca impress RuPaul and Michelle while Trinity struggles with her performance. Jeez, Betty, it's just me. Don't flip your wig. That's not funny. Ever since they invented birth control, you... Cut. Trinity, you have to play to the camera because we can't see you when you turn around. We're going to pop your cherry tonight. The boys are coming Cut, 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 cut. Trinity, I don't know why your back is turned... You know, that was my character, kind of like Sassy Ghetto. Well, just be Sassy Ghetto facing your camera. Later on the main stage, the final product left the judges very impressed. Taylor, uh, share your thoughts on Team Milk's performance. I thought Team Milk's performance was great. I mean, especially compared to Team Adore's. The the, uh, chemistry between Courtney and Bianca is very funny. And it's funny to see... Bianca not done up in the Bianca makeup where she's done up kind of in that 60s style. So, so it's, it's interesting to see her because we know her as Bianca. We know her as that character to see her kind of wander away from that was, was, was fun to watch. Um, the whole gasp thing was, was funny too with uh, uh, Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. And I thought Darian did a great job as the box. I, I, as the head in the box, I thought I thought that she she was really funny too, and that the, the lighting and the way she did her makeup and everything was was good. The one thing that I didn't understand is she is wearing women's clothing when she walks onto set. Who is like she Darian? But you don't see oh. anything that Darian's wearing. She's in an off the shoulder like a peasant top, and she has on a pair of like slacks and and heels. 
as she walks on with everybody else and then walks and then pretty much sits under the table so that she could be the head in the box. I wouldn't be surprised if the producers told her to put something simple on such as it didn't look weird. Yeah, maybe. It, it would look weird know. her in boy clothes and then everyone else is and you know done up as women. Yeah. Um what are your thoughts? I yeah, yeah, there's not much to say. Obviously the Trinity co the Trinity problems were sort of built up to add some sort of drama, but it seemed like it was a pretty smooth operation. Uh the and you know what? I usually don't like their corny writing. But I actually felt on these two, uh, the Drag Me to Hell and Drag Me to Hell 5, that it worked. Like, the campy drag humor worked. And yeah. uh, and I actually felt that, you know, unlike other seasons, these queens were actually pretty good at acting. I mean, we'll get to it with Team Adore. But let's just talk about Team Milk. They all pretty much pulled it off. And even if T- if Trinity was the weaker, the weakest one among all of them, she still did a, an okay job. That one was so she- good about the script. I think because it was a cheapy B-horror script. Um, it lent itself well to bad acting. Yeah, and I would, I would even go so far as to say that I thought Trinity did a great job from what we saw. Uh, yes. W- compared to what they showed with the final product, I thought it was great. I mean, she, she definitely she did kind of play up the ghetto a little bit, but not where it, it wasn't over the top. But uh, but going back I to th- like you know though, what's funny is I don't know why there was a sensitivity to the ghetto, if you will. Whereas in other seasons, like I think starting with Bob's season, he would oh my god, imagine what Bob would have done with that, you know, or oh, Shay. Awesome. Or yeah. even like, um, uh, what? Who was the one that you didn't like? Cause she was depressed all the time. Have we already forgotten the season nine queens? Oh, Nina, Nina, Nina Bonina Bonina. Brown. They all would have done a fantastic job with that character, and they would have been dying to get that character. In fact, all the queens would have been dying to get that ghetto character. It's sort of been more welcomed on the show, where I think there it was. Sort of, she was sort of sensitive, and and I guess you didn't really see that on previous seasons. Yeah, but I don't know. I had to go back and study, but she seems to be very, very sensitive about it. Well, and and I think that one thing that I got from this, from the statement that she made, where she goes, "Never in the history of the show has RuPaul gotten up to give direction to somebody," and then her response when they win the challenge of she was so worried about disappointing is it's somebody that she she really that coupled with the statements that she made on the untucked for last season of Mag, uh, last episode of magnolia it shows that she is somebody who really wants this yeah for whatever reason it is not that the rest of them don't want it but there is a desire for validation unlike the kind that magnolia wants because she magnolia wanted validation for herself Whereas it feels like Trinity really wants Rue's validation and wants Rue to appreciate what she does and see see how important it is to her. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to Team Adore. During uh, role assignments, Vivacious wanted to play the mother. April worried whether she could play a butch queen, and Gia Gunn had trouble reading one particular word. Ew, gag me with a dollarian. What is it? A DeLorean. DeLorean. What's that? It's like an it's 80s car. car. Okay. Oh, okay. During Team Adore's screen test, the only one to leave a positive impression was Ben De La Creme. Gia Gunn lacked energy, Vivacious was weird, and Adore Delano seemed a little flustered. Adore, that's your cue. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> And then you have dialogue after that. Don't have a cow, Heather. Her name's Becky, your name's Heather. Shit. No, do you all have your lines memorized? <laughs> yeah. Liza Minnelli lies. <laughs> Epic line from the show. Uh, on the main stage, the judges were not impressed with the final performance and made it known to the girls. Taylor, any thoughts on Team Adore's performance? This goes back to that my my concern about not liking Adore and not seeing Adore for who she is at this point. Because while she pulled it out 
with her performance, all of the stuff leading up to that just felt very vapid and not something that I was wanting to see more of. It felt very much like they were they were preparing to send a door out. Um, with the way that they they kind of led up to that with the final with the final two, like are you really watching it? Like obviously we know what happens with the door, but I wouldn't have been surprised if she was having to lip sync for her life. Oh, we are going to get to that girl. Okay. We are going to get to that. <laughs> but what was your opinion on the final product and what on what they delivered? It was okay. I mean. I thought, in particular, the performance... I didn't get the performances of Laganja in April. It didn't make any sense. The the April's, like, where she's supposed to be the butch real estate agent, and she just kind of looks like Carrot Head um, with the hair. And then the whole weird Russian accent for Laganja's aerobics instructor. It, it, that, that whole thing was... I feel like there's big sections of the script that were cut out, so that it, there's no explanation as to why the two of them are there. Um and I mean, we'll get, we'll get to Vivacious, but Vivacious was horrible. I mean, I think it said in Untucked, if that's the best take that they got, where she's just kind of looking around and everything before they went line, that's pretty bad. I'm going to tell you something. I loved every second of Team Adore. Really? Let me, just for the train wreck that it was. Okay, first of all, let's talk about Gia Gunn. Uh, this is where you and I have not talked about this. I love Gia Gunn so far. I love her. I think she is so fucking funny, whether whether it's intentional or not. I love her shade. I love her confessionals. I love what a fucking bitch she is. And you know what's funny is they were reading her acting on this challenge, and particularly in the screen test. And I, like I was saying earlier, this script lends itself to bad acting. I'm even laughing now thinking about it. And her acting performance is comically bad. And it is so bad, like, it's almost like comedic genius level. Like, if she was doing it on purpose... She's a com- I know she wasn't doing it on purpose, but it's all like she was so funny with her like wooden line read. And she's yeah. like, oh my god, gag me with a DeLorean. Like... Oh my god, it's my cell phone. And like just like Heather, like oh my god, all her lines were so good. Um I actually think Adore pulled it out. She didn't know her lines or whatever. She really built it up. Vivacious, I think they fucked first of all, epic performance. I love how crazy cuckoo it was. Because I love everything about Vivacious and how cuckoo she is. But they fucked her over. You know? Because they didn't yeah. have they could have totally edited out that silence or that that extra air. Like they didn't why did they have to show her just walking, like looking around. Yeah, they totally put that in to make her look stupid. And uh, you can tell Lena Headey is dying laughing at the judges' table. That was the thing that we both laughed towards the dead silence, and then just the where where we can't where we're just clapping. Yeah, that was that was we both scream laughed at that because it was just so ridiculous, and and it was clear they were they were faking it. I mean, because it was not that bad where they were like, uh, okay, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that horrible, uh, and they fucked over Vivacious, you know, on on that head thing. And I think Vivacious has said that they even told her to do like look around or something like that. I I, I should have done my research on that, but. I think I've read Vivacious say that she was sort of screwed over there. They, she was just doing what they told her to do, and then uh, uh, then they they made her look silly for doing what she told what, for doing what they told her to do. That's not to yeah. say that Vivacious isn't kooky. She is kooky, and that's why I love her. And once again, I would love to see more of what she could do. I would love to see her on another season. Where is she from originally? Where is that accent from? Tallahassee. Hey, let me ask you a question. How far are you from this Tallahassee? Oh, Tallahassee, I'm probably a good seven, eight hours at least. Oh. Because it's up in the panhandle. Oh. Speaking of, you know, I, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier, of like media where like if if you're stressed to watch, I just mm-hmm. found this. It's a candy store in Tallahassee. They make old, tiny, like 1800s candy. Okay. And they make YouTube videos showing them making it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It is so soothing and so wonderful to watch. Yes, Taylor. I just thought of something else that I watch when I am feeling anxious. And you, you just reminded me of that. What is it? I watch Barefoot Contessa episodes. 
as I've discussed in the show, I will not watch her. Because she looks Why? Because like, she looks like her feet smell. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because now I'm picturing her walking around her house with her like crusty I feet. I know. I already ruined. God damn you. I ruined Adam Devine for you too. Uh, yeah, Adam Devine. Whenever I see him, I think I, I smell poo. Whenever I see Adam Devine now, do you think he's cute? Adam Devine. Yeah. Yes, I do think Adam Devine is cute. So for those of you listening, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to use past tense. I'm going to say I knew Adam Devine. I knew Adam Devine about 10 years ago. I don't think there's any way he would ever remember me. Like, I think this would be one of these things, Taylor. would be like, oh, yeah. And like, I have to say who my name is again, you know? Yeah. But like, we used to see each other every week, like 10 years ago, doing stand-up comedy together. And I used to, I just loved, he had a big fucking juicy ass that I loved. Because mm-hmm. he's short. Yes, that, I like him short and stocky. So yeah, that's he. He fits my. He's short and he, stocky. He fits, in, <clears throat> he fits in my wheelhouse, so to speak. Super nice guy. He used to always like he had some sort of catchphrase he would say when I walked in the room, but I don't remember what it was. But uh, yeah, I guess short. We're friends on Facebook, and I have his phone number. But I think if I called him, I'd have to do a lot of explaining of who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you his phone number. Would you call him? No, I have no reason to. You inconsiderate asshole. Uh, call back. Why am I an inconsiderate no, asshole? No, I'm doing a call back to last week's conversation about oh, Cameron okay. calling me a, an inconsiderate asshole. It still bothers me a week later, Taylor. Can you believe it? I'm still thinking about it? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. I've been You've thinking been about it. Away. Looking out the later. window as, as the Pacific Ocean crashes on the beach going, all by myself. Yeah. So you started to tell about Adam Devine that you know Adam Devine and why I explain why I have the visceral reaction I do to Adam Devine. The first time I ever met Adam Devine, well, I shouldn't say met, the first time I ever laid eyes on Adam Devine at this comedy club, actually, was on the second floor of this uh, restaurant bar. And you, when you walk up the stairs, the top of the stairs, the end, the end of the stairs, what do you call the end of the stairs? The final landing, I don't know, was yeah. right where the women in men's bathrooms were. And right when I reached the top of the stairs, he walked out of the men's bathroom and there was this strong wave of poo smell that came out now look we've all been victim of this or someone else does the smell and you walk yeah. out and you're the but but just because that was the first time i ever saw him i now associate that with him mm-hmm. and, and now he's told you told me about that and now every time i see him on tv i i smell poo well there's a, <laughs> many reasons for that <laughs> Um, so anyway, I love Team Adore's performance. Uh, it's Elimination Day, and the girls are getting ready for their big runaway walk. Vivacious brings the children to school about the club kid scene, while Trinity poo-poos Vivacious' aesthetic. Things get heated when Bianca steps in with her own two cents. My lifelong dream is to be an illusionist in Vegas. I would love to be Beyonce in Vegas. You have to remember, those girls are very seasoned. They're not two years into the game. Those girls are like 15, 10 years. But I mean, Britney Spears' illusion is she's not 15 years into the business. No, but she really looks like Britney. I haven't seen anybody that looks like Beyonce. You can paint to be Dionne Warwick. You can paint to be Diana Ross. But Beyonce is just pretty. I have nothing to prove to you. Really, bitch? Beyonce is a hard one to do. You can dance it. You can lip sync it. But if you don't really look like her, hmm. And let's face it, Trinity looks more like Sammy Davis Jr. in a Beyonce wig. I could just start my own show, mm-hmm. my own illusion mm-hmm. show, and yeah, try to get some it. really good girls there and that's the ticket. see if it'll build up. Yep, got it all figured out. I was I'm just saying that when I'm you got... Oh, whatever, girl. You're going to be that fucking sensitive. I'm not sensitive at all. Oh, I forgot, you're not sensitive. You're Beyonce. Oh, I am. I am excited that I think we might finish this in an hour. That's a very good real possibility. Yeah. You just jinxed us with that, but I yes, know, there is I a know. possibility. Like a fucking 45 Cut to, and we're now in hour three of episode three <laughs> of like, Drag Race. So here's the secret to pancake batter, Taylor. You know, you're like, <laughs> oh, God. I gotta go to bed. Okay. Uh, the look. It's time for the looks, Taylor. Yes. Oh, no, no. Wait, wait. Sorry. We didn't talk about this. What were your thoughts on this exchange between Bianca and, uh, and Trinity K-Bone it's just so weird because we see such a supportive relationship between Trinity and Bianca later on in the season to watch this kind of sniping back and forth at one another. Now, Bianca was right. She looks nothing like Beyonce and doesn't even have the bone structure or anything to where she could paint like Beyonce. 
So I don't get that's just sort of that's that's a 22 year old that loves Beyonce that thinks that she wants to be here. I find it interesting, though, that they talk about in Vegas, the yes, Britney Spears impersonator, which is, you know, shades of the future happening with season eight. Yeah. With Derek Barry. That's just two years later. That's when they got her on. So, well, yeah, we got our first Derek Barry mention. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. all right. Now it's time for the looks. All right. First up is Bianca Del Rio, and she is wearing what she describes as old Hollywood, which is a black floor-length dress with a fascinator with lots of feathers in it and a collar for days that's all like peacock colors that's blues and greens and purples. Hair is done up all great in a dark brown. Uh, I give this a toot. I love this look. I think it's very glamorous, and I think she looks great. How about you? Uh, I agree. I think she looks great. I think she's worn this outfit several times. I feel like she's worn this to, like, other events. Uh, and I think it looks fantastic. It's a huge, huge, huge toot. I think she looks fantastic. I think she knows what she looks like. I think she knows how to do it. And and she looks great. All right. Next up is Courtney Act. Unfortunately, the picture that I got, because I just take pictures while the show is on, is of her of her back. Um, but the the dress is inspired by Australia. It is a very form-fitting dress with lots of poofy down at the bottom that is red, black, and blue. Her hair is up. She has opera gloves that are also a blue spangly or blue uh, sequined. I think she looks great. I would also give this look a toot. What say you, Joe Batanz? I feel like... I see much better drag from her this season. I, I mean, this is supposed to be your best drag, and I feel she has so many better outfits this season. So it's a it's a toot, and it looks great, but I don't know if I'd call it her best drag. I wouldn't say it's her best drag. It's also shades of Manila Luzon. Manila wears yes. a Philippine a Philippines dress similar to this at one point in her season, but, you know. So next we have Jocelyn Fox. Jocelyn Fox is in a gold LeMay off-the-shoulder dress that is very Greek-inspired. Um, she has a headband on, hair off to the side. It's safe. It's a safe look to me. I've never been a big fan of LeMay, so I would give this look a boot. I'd give it a boot, but that's because I've never been a, a fan of this cut of dress. I don't know what you call it, but it seems like the kind of dress a Colombian girl would wear in like 1998 and annoy me and sleep on my bed when she's not supposed to. <laughs> that was awfully specific. <laughs> well, I had a Colombian. Let me tell you, I had a Colum- in college with a bunch of guys, as we all do, mm-hmm. and I shared a room with a Colombian guy, mm-hmm. and w- he was hooking up with this girl, and her they went out with he and the girl went out, but she also brought her sister. So they come back at night, and my roommate and this girl sleep in his bed. Meanwhile, he puts the, the sister in my bed, and I show up, and I'm like, there's a fucking weird-ass girl in my bed wearing something like this. Mm. Did you get in bed with her? No. Where did you sleep? In the living room. <laughs> like a gentleman. Oh, I mean, we, we, no, let me change that again. Like a gay guy. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, maybe, so maybe I'm kind of bitter towards this outfit. I don't like it. Okay. Boot. So next up, we boot. All right. So next up, we have uh, Trinity K. Bonet. I actually have two pictures of her: one of the back of her bright orange dress, and another one of her face and the top of the dress. I think she looks great here, especially considering the weird princess look that she had last week. She is serving Angela Bassett realness to me with this, with the hair and just the bone structure and everything. That's who. Watching the episode of Untucked last night, I realized that's who she reminded me of. And that is Angela Bassett. What do you think of this look? It's fine. Safe to me. Yeah. It's very pageant. It's yes. very Yes. It's it's very Yes. And fifth runner up, representing Chicago, Illinois, Trinity K. Bonet. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. You're so, right. It it's a right. it's a safe, I guess, a toot. Okay. Well, speaking of not safe, we have milk. Who is? I don't even know how the hell to describe the look that Milk has. Uh, she's wearing some like a drag leggings, Pinocchio, drag Pinocchio, but with these like crazy heels, and she's got this weird like Dorothy Hamill clown thing going on, and a big long nose. She's swinging a crucifix around that I don't quite understand why, 
But and then she has on this like orange and brown blouse thing on top. I give this a boot. I don't understand it. I don't pretend to understand it. I just I don't like it. So boot. How about I love I love it. See, I've come to appreciate milk. I love the hair. I love it. it's weird. I love the nose. I love the the weird heels. I give it a two. I actually right. really like it. I think again, it's 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 fucking with gender, which. It's odd that I'm, I've evolved to that because, you know, I probably hated this, you know, three or four years ago. But uh, I like it now. Fan right. now. Yeah. All right. Next we have Darian Lake. Darian is in a silver spangly, like, shimmy dress. And she has big silver lame wings, similar to a look that RuPaul had many years ago when she was out with Supermodel of the World. Um, I give this look a boot because... Her arms, it does not accentuate her arms in any way, shape, or form. If anything, I feel unless she of... comes out in a burka, you're not going to like it. No, shut up. That's not true. I just, the, the, just the, the, her arms are not her best feature. And it, this outfit kind of puts that feature forward, especially if she's waving her arms around with the wings. It's going to create, you know, she's, she's got what we refer to in the South as biscuit making arms. Uh-huh. And that's, it's not, it's not a strong look. Yeah. I, uh, I actually like the look. I'm going to give it a two. She's covering up those legs. I see what you're talking about with the arms. She's working it though. Uh, but I think for, I mean, there's, I mean, this is her best drag and this, what else can she do? Well, apparently wear a burka. I mean, but think about last week. She wore, she had the St. Patrick's Day top on. Mm-hmm. The green top that was still blousey, mm-hmm. that was still flattering. It, it kind of accentuated her her chest and her collarbone, but it also kind of hid those weird arms. And yeah. then when you think about the skirt that was all rouged up in the wrong places and then kind of showed those enormous thighs, that was not flattering. So yeah. if she, we could figure out a way that she can kind of accentuate while not wearing a burqa. She'll be she'll be perfect. Okay, next up is April Carrion, who is wearing a yellow raincoat with some it looks like fuchsia or purple piping, and she is holding an umbrella that has streamers that look like rain. I want to like this outfit, but there's something kind of clunky about it, and there's something very clunky about her makeup. Her makeup, she looks like a boy with that got like in his mom's makeup dr- drawer. So I am unfortunately going to have to give this look a boot. What about you? What do you think? I give it a two with reservations because I actually don't think she need. I get the umbrella for the April showers, but then I felt like it was very distracting. Uh, well, you couldn't see her through halfway down the yeah. runway because she was covered up by it. Yeah. Like, I think I... Um, I give I like the outfit. It's just that the umbrella is covering everything up, so I'm not a fan of that part. So it's a two reservations. Uh, yeah, but it, I'm I'm generally pleased with it. Okay. Okay. All right. N- next up is Laganja Estranja, who is wearing a floor length pink dress. Uh, I'm sorry, pink or peach dress with a huge fascinator that has multiple butterflies that are flying around her head. I love this look. This is probably one of my favorite looks Laganja has, considering I'm not a huge Laganja fan. I wish it was a different color mm-hmm. because it feels very washed out. And I love her makeup in this. Her makeup is very different from what she does in other weeks. Mm-hmm. It's just if I had one critique, I would love to see, even if it was a splash of color like around the bottom of the dress or to have, you know, around around the neck, something that kind of made it stand out a little bit. But it's still it's it's a it's a great look from somebody that I don't normally care for, and I would definitely give this look a toot. I think I'm gonna give it a boot. I think there's too much going on. I like I don't like that thing at the bottom. What is that thing called at the bottom? Like an apron? No, it's not an apron. It's just like a, a flare. It flares out. It flares out. I don't like that. It, she looked like a shitty Chiquita banana. Boot. <laughs> All right. All right. Next up, we have Gia Gunn, who, if this is her best drag, it's horrible. Disappointing. It's horrible. Um, she's wearing a purple and black and neon green like cat suit with this weird Medusa type hat on her head that just looks like foam, uh, foam stuffed satin and 
I guess it's supposed to be some sort of Medusa Power Rangers inspired thing. Horrible look. I give it a boot. Oh, I give it a boot as well. It's terrible. I don't, I don't like anything about it. Which is funny because I feel she, she's capable of good drag. She is capable of good drag. I, I would agree with that. So for her to say this is her best, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Next up, Adore Delano, who is wearing a merma- a black mermaid-inspired dress with a bright red wig. Uh, I didn't think Adore looked terrible. I, I thought that, you know, for Michelle starting to give her grief about the hog body and all that kind of stuff, that I thought she looked pretty good here. Um, it's not my favorite look of hers, but it's okay. So I'll, I'll give it a toot with reservation. I am not a fan of... Adore Delano's aesthetic. And so I don't like this look. There's nothing I like about it. I guess in theory I could like it. I don't like that weird hair. Maybe with a different wig. Actually, you know what? With a different wig, I probably would have given it a two. I hate that wig. The crazy Ronald McDonald colored hair? Yeah. It's a boot for me for that. All right. Next up, Ben De La Creme in a pink bathing suit for lack of a better word kind of playboy bunny inspired with a big bow and the 60s hair i like this it's very it's very true to her brand um i'm gonna give this look a toot i do agree it's very true to her brand but i don't think it's very creative i don't like it i'm giving it a boot okay and finally we have vivacious in a red pleather bodysuit with large cones coming off of it over the chest. She has, it's almost like a mohawk and over the elbows and shoulders. And I think there's one in the back as well. Um, I, I'm going to give this a, a boot. I, I did not like this as far as drag goes. It is very club kid, but club kid doesn't necessarily mean drag. And it also felt very dated to me, kind of like what the panel was saying compared to what they did. What the rest of the uh, did, so I get this. Give this a boot. I like it. I'm gonna tell you, I okay. like it. And again, I think my 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 uh, aesthetic has evolved. My opinion on it, and I guess maybe we are in a more club kid type era, or where that's coming in more into fashion. And I think if I'm if I'm judging it with 2017 drag eyes, I love this outfit. I love everything about it, and I wouldn't put it in the top two of the week, but. I like it very much, and I think it's good for her. I think this is her one of her best drag. Think, well, we only saw a little bit of Two. it. Two. Yeah. But. Uh, okay. I have one more thing that we need to talk about that I forgot to grab pictures, and that would be RuPaul's look this week. I hated RuPaul's look between the wig, the gray wig that kind of fades, that goes ombre into the black, and her very severe makeup. I'm assuming that she's trying to do something very 60s horror-inspired. But whenever she has had this look, I think she had this look for an album cover or like a remix version of an album cover. I do not like this look at all. So RuPaul this week gets a boot from me. I'm going to tell you something. You're wrong. I thought she looked great. Ugh. No. No. I was thinking the whole time how good she looked. And I go, this Taylor better think she looks good or I'm going to get a fight with him. Because I'll fight anyone who says my Ru doesn't look good. I thought she looked fantastic. Your mama Ru? My mama. Hello, Mother. Mother. Has arrived. I and now think, she is leaving. <laughs> I think I do a good vivi- vi- vivacious impression. Hello, Tyler. Hello. Hello. Lies. Liza Manelli. Liza Manelli. Lies. Liza Manelli. Liza Manelli. Liza Manelli. Drowning vivacious? Liza Manelli. You should make that your ring. Make that your ringtone. Here you go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> After the judges' critiques, Team Milk <laughs> was named the winner of the challenge, and Darian Lake was named the winner for the team. Team Milk was asked to leave the stage, leaving the members of Team Adore up for elimination. Adore was placed with Vivacious and April in the bottom three, but for some reason was given a reprieve. This left April and Vivacious to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song, Shake It Up by Selena Gomez. While Vivacious gave it her club kid best, it wasn't enough, and she was asked to sashay away. But not before she left us with some words of wisdom. 
what I do, some might consider dying art. And look-wise, I may have been misunderstood by some of the queens, but this is my way of preserving the legacy of where I came from. Rue, mother, thank you forever. Taylor, any final thoughts on the episode? I agree with you that Adore should have been lip-syncing for her life. How do you know I said that? You said that earlier. Adore should have been lip-syncing for her life. Yeah. Yeah. Either I, I think, look, in the grand scheme of things, Vivacious should have been at the bottom. Her, even though I think she was fucked over, her performance was the worst. Okay, and you can't, you couldn't put Trinity because they won, right? Yeah, but we also said that we didn't think Trinity. And she wasn't that bad. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you're looking over the over grand scheme of things, this adore. She looked horrible. <laughs> her, she didn't know her fucking lines. She didn't seem to care. Like it, it, she did everything wrong at every moment. Yeah, and she got this pass on. She should have been lip syncing for her life. It was fucked over that she was. Why was April like? Why was April like? I actually felt that the April thing was so fucked because they gave her the most vague character description. She did the best with what she got, and even she even asked Michelle. Michelle's like, "It's your choice." Like a total fucking cunt, right? Yeah. It's your choice. And I was like, bitch, give me some... Fu- You're the fucking goddamn director. Give me some fucking goddamn guidance. And uh, she just got really... You know what? I think Michelle softened up a little bit because she's super cunty in this episode. And um, I think they should have given some guidance. I, I think they were probably looking for some sort of like Martina Navratilova or uh, Billie Jean King kind of look, you know, maybe. How many more lesbian tennis players can you name? <laughs> um, Nancy Reagan. <laughs> Jane Wyman. Jane Wyman. And Ursula Andress. Melissa Gilbert. <laughs> Who did you say? Ursula Andress. Chrissy McNichol. Chrissy McNichol. Nancy McKeon. Nancy McKeon and Ryan O'Neill. I mean, his daughter. Whatever the daughter's name Tatum is. Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill. And a young and a, and a, and a young Jodie Foster, Tanya Tucker, Tanya Tucker, and uh, the woman who's the coal miner's daughter, Sissy Spacek. No, the the character, the real life. Oh, uh, oh my God! What is her name? Her name? I know her name. Actually, you ready for it? What? Joan Van Ark from last week's episode. <laughs> Joan Van Ark. Yeah. Two weeks ago. No, no, we no, no, we will lose listeners if we don't know the who the cold not Patsy Klein. No. Um not Patsy Klein. Though, Pat, though Patsy Klein was a lesbian tennis player. Um Patty Lapone. Patty Lapone was also a lesbian tennis player. Uh Bernadette Peters. <laughs> Bernadette Peters was a lesbian tennis player as well. She's the coal yeah. miner's daughter, Taylor. How do you not Loretta know? This? Lynn. Thank Loretta you. Lynn. Loretta, you're Loretta correct. Lynn. You're right. Loretta okay. Lynn. Did you know it this whole time and we're just seeing how long it would take me to come up with the name yes <laughs> no i didn't why would i know i'm, I'm a mexican i know so much for being done in an hour okay no, we're, we're, we're at 58 minutes we can do this we can do this oh oh yeah we are 15 minutes okay um so anyway yeah adorb delano should have fucking gone home not gone home. Not, I'm not gonna say gone home. She should have lip synced. She should have lip synced. She should have lip synced, and it's 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 fucked over for April Carrion that she had lip sync. I don't think April Carrion deserved to lip sync. Her her look was good. Her look was better than Adore's. And I wasn't a big fan of the lip sync though. I mean, she definitely did better than Vivacious, but it just seemed like a lot of stomping around. Oh, I'm not saying she's good at lip syncing. I'm just saying who should have mm-hmm. been up for the lip sync, and I don't think it should have been April Carrion. It should have been Adore Delano. That fucking yeah. horrible dress and her horrible performance, and she was horrible. So, and then look, we all know she gets better. And I'm not saying she door should have gone home, but she should have lip synced. Yeah. Um. Any other thoughts, Taylor? Nope. Well, that concludes this episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next week and every week as we dissect, discuss, and deconstruct every episode in this very special season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself... Sashay away until next week. 
RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. To learn more about Afterthought Media, visit afterthought.media. To support us on Patreon and to gain access to our other shows, please visit us at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For a small monthly fee, you gain access to hours of bonus content weekly, frequent live shows, and access to our extensive back catalog. To contact the show, email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at dragracerecap, and follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. You can find Taylor the Latte Boy on his other podcast called Pod Is My Copilot, available at podismycopilot.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow Taylor on Twitter at PIMC Taylor and on Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Joe Batanz is the host of many other podcasts, and you can find those podcasts at afterthought.media or at patreon.com slash drag race recap. You can follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz, that's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was recorded in the summer or fall of 2017 and originally released on Patreon.